Well, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to John chapter 5. We are continuing our series on being uncomfortable. Can you say uncomfortable? uncomfortable. Say it one more time. Uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Are you guys uncomfortable this morning? No, all of you guys are very comfortable in the lovely pews. Very good. So we're, we're, so we're continuing our series on um, being uncomfortable. And uh, last week, we talked about waking up. And this week, I'm going to talk to you about getting up. Can everyone get up for a minute? All right, now I'm going to preach the whole service with you standing. I'm going to make sure that you're very uncomfortable. Okay, you can sit back down again. Get up. So yesterday, last week was wake up. Man, I heard a lot of crunching of bones there. Last, you know, wake up, and today is get up. And so, um, you know, being uncomfortable just by very definition is not comfortable. And, um, you know, anyone who works out know, knows that, man, sometimes the uncomfort comes um, before the growth and before the, the strength comes. And breakthrough, I believe, is often on the other side of uncomfort. And I think many times by us staying away from the uncomfortable, we are staying away from the breakthrough that God has for us and the, 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 the plans and the purposes that God has for us. And so really the purpose of this entire message is to make you uncomfortable. And so I'm going to say some things that might make you a little uncomfortable this morning, but I'm going to say it with a smile like this, so that hopefully it's not quite as uncomfortable as things can be. And so, again, last week we talked about wake up, and this week we're going to talk about getting up. And so I'm reading again from John chapter 5, starting in verse 1, and reading through verse 8. It says, sometime later, Jesus went to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. And we're not sure which one it is. It could have been, it could have been Pentecost or it could have been the Passover. But um, uh, sometime later, Jesus went to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish fest- fest- festivals. festivals. Now, <laughs> now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic, which in, which in Aramaic, man, I can't speak this morning, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One of them had been an invalid for 38 years. And maybe you're reading and you're, you're looking at the verses and you're like, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. We went from verse 3 to verse 5. Do you see that in your Bible? How many of you guys skipped verse 4? Raise your hand. Went from verse 3, went to verse 5. Some of you guys might have verse 4, but um, you might be like, why in the world is that not in there? Well, it's interesting because... Um, verse four is actually um, what they did is it, so what they did is with older with older translations of the Bible verse four was in there and as they've gotten older manuscripts of the Bible they have found that that verse wasn't necessarily in there and they think that perhaps over time it was added by scribes who were just like writing in the notes but maybe your Bible has verse four and verse four it says. Waiting, so, so in verse 3 it says, Here a great number of disabled people used to live, the blind, uh, the lame, the paralyzed. In verse 4, and again, we're not entirely sure if that was supposed to be in there or not, but it says, Waiting for the waters to be moved. For an angel of the Lord went down at a certain season into the pool and stirred the water. And whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was healed, and whatever diseases he had were healed. 
Kind of cool, huh? One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in his condition for a long time, he asked, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And then Jesus said to him, get up. Can you say, get up? Get up. Pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and he walked. At once he was cured, he picked up his mat and he walked. Oh, Lord, be with me this morning as I preach your word. I pray that you'll just minister and that you will do your thing this morning, Father. I pray that you'll make us uncomfortable in our comfortableness, Father. And I pray that you will just speak to us in uh, just supernatural ways. Pray that your spirit will uncover things that maybe we, we haven't seen there, that have been laying dormant, that have been causing issues and causing problems, Father. And this morning, supernaturally, I just pray that you'll You'll call us to get up, and you'll call us to move, and you'll call us to just follow your spirit and follow your leading and follow your calling, Father. Even though it might be uncomfortable for us, God, I pray that you will, again, speak to us this morning. I pray that your, your spirit will just, uh, just, just refine us and mold us and transform us and change us, God. I pray that your, your spirit will just do its work this morning through, through, um, through the power of your majesty. We ask these things in your holy name. Amen. Again, John chapter 5, verses 1 through 8, just kind of the idea here of getting up. Um, So I kind of want to paint a little bit of a picture for you. So if you can imagine there was this sheep gate that was by the wall of Jerusalem. In fact, they think that it was just north of the temple mound. Um, Just north of the temple, there was this sheep gate that was there. and, And sheep were brought to the sheep gate to be washed, okay? So if you can imagine people bringing their sheep to the sheep gate to be washed in the pool, and sheep, if you know sheep like you might know sheep, or maybe you don't know sheep like you don't know sheep. How many sheep people do we have here? Okay, great, no one. So, oh, yeah, we had sheep growing up, and sheep, just generally speaking, are, are dirty. And so you can imagine people bringing their sheep to the pool to be washed. And it wasn't just a few sheep that were brought to the, to the, to the pool to be washed, but there was a lot of sheep that were brought to the pool to be washed, because especially if this was going into a festival, man, they'd be bring like the city of Jerusalem would swell of people during these festivals, and people would bring a lot of sheep to be washed in the pool, the sheep gate. And so if you kind of, can kind of imagine this, a lot of sheep being brought to the sheep gate to be washed in the pool... And people are bringing their, 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 their sheep there, and they're cleaning them, and they're making them nice and shiny to be sacrificed. And, and so a lot, of, a lot of sheep there, and a lot of dirt, and a lot of mud, and a lot of whatever. Dirty, 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 dirty. It's interesting because actually, for a long time, uh, people thought that this story in the Bible was fictitious because they said, well, you know, archaeologists haven't found any remnants of this pool that they're talking about here, this pool of Bethesda and the Sheep Gate and whatnot. But actually, it might be interesting for you to know that about 100 years ago, some archaeologists were working just north of the Temple Mound, and they found the pool of Bethesda. And so, kind of cool, right? So you're reading this, and you're like, wow, so this was an actual place, an actual spot where people would come, and they would bring their sheep to be washed, to be prepared to go into the temple. And, um, yeah, you know, we know from Scripture, or at least from tradition, 
that um, it says that the pool appeared to have some miraculous healing powers. Man, I wish we had a pool like that here, don't you? Amen. Praise the Lord. First person in, you know, I'm throwing myself in first, and then I'm throwing Rhonda in, and then I'm throwing Tom. I mean, I, I just wish we had a pool like that here. But so, so, so we know from Scripture and or tradition that the pool appeared to have some miraculous healing properties and that an angel would come down and would stir the waters, and people would wait to be moved and then wait for the waters to be moved, and then as soon as the waters were moved, they would go in and they would experience they're healing, and, 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 and a lot of people would come to this pool um, not only because of the sheep being cleaned, but also because of the, the, the hopes of, of, of getting a healing in the pool. And, and, and there were porches that provided shade for those who were waiting for their healing. And I don't know if you could just kind of picture this with me, all these sheep coming to this pool, all these people coming to this pool. And um, it says in Scripture that, that it wasn't just a few people that were there, but it says that multitudes of people were there. Uh, there was uh, one, I was reading one, uh, one person, uh, one commentator on this, and he said that um, there would be, when, would like, during non-festival times, there would be a few hundred people, but during festival times, there would be thousands of people that would be down there at the pool. And I kind of wonder, to be honest, I, I'm trying to, trying to picture how this would look like, where the sheep being cleaned and the people and the, par- like, like, like the lame and the crippled and, and all these people waiting at the pool. And, and I kind of, to be honest, I kind of wonder what it would look like. I kind of wonder what it would sound like. And I kind of wonder what it would smell like, you know? Like, I wonder what this pool would be like back then. Um, it was kind of, I kind of feel like it would have been a place, a mixture of hope, a mixture of hope, but also a mixture of hopelessness, you know? A mixture of hope and a mixture of hopelessness. And I, I can just, I'm just trying to picture what it, like, what that would, all these sheep and all these uh, crippled, paralytic, and all these people there at the pool. Man, I kind of wonder what that would, again, I wonder what that would look like. I wonder what that would sound like. I wonder, man, if I could go back in time, I wonder, I wonder, what, I wonder what that would be like to see someone going into the pool and being healed. And among these multitudes of people that were here at the pool, um, there was a man who would come every day it's, it's kind of strange because we really don't know much about the man, do we? we? We don't know his name. We don't know his occupation. We don't know his political persuasion. We don't know his likes or dislikes. We don't know his hair color. We don't know his eye color. We don't know his height. We don't know much about him at all. Nothing much at all. But we do know that he was a man who had an infirmity. He was an invalid. And we also know that he was looking for healing and he was persistent. He'd been there for, well, he'd been an invalid for 38 years. And 38 years is a long time. It's a long time to be hurting. It's a long time to be broken. It's a long time to be dealing with an infirmity. It's a long time to be scratching by with life, right? 38 years is a long time. It's a long time to be hurting. It's a long time to be broken. It's a long time to be dealing with an infirmity. It's a long time to be scratching by with life, and he probably felt pretty, mm, pretty helpless. He probably felt pretty worthless. He probably felt pretty broken. I mean, he'd been doing this for 38 years. And praise the Lord, I passed 38 a couple years ago. But and I feel like time kind of gets, time seems shorter than it 
did back then. But, but, but 38 years is a long time. Some of you guys are like, that's just a little. But 38 years is a long time to be hurting and broken and dealing with an infirmity and scratching by with life. And here he is among the multitudes of people, uh, literally, um, you know, among the multitudes with the water, with the people, and with the dirty sheep, waiting for his healing and waiting for his miracle. And every time he tries to go down into the water, someone gets in front of him. It's a long time to be hurting. It's a long time to be broken. It's a long time to be dealing with an infirmity. It's a long time to be scratching by in life. And and here he is, and I'm sure he felt pretty helpless and pretty worthless and pretty broken. And here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus. And Jesus comes up to him directly. Now think about the significance of that. There were multitudes of people that were there, thousands of people that were there, thousands of people that had sicknesses, thousands of people that had infirmities, thousands of people that had been coming to the pool and looking for a healing. And Jesus walks directly up to this man and asks him, do you want to be made well? To me, that really speaks of the intimacy of the Lord. You know, sometimes we're like in our hurt and we're in our brokenness. We're like, oh my goodness, I don't think the Lord sees me. I don't think the Lord understands my situation. I don't think the Lord knows that I'm broken. I don't think the Lord knows maybe I feel kind of worthless. And here Jesus takes a moment and he finds one man among the hurting and he ministers to him. And he asks him, he says, do you want to be made well? I can kind of, again, I don't, I, 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 I don't, like, I, I, I kind of I kinda wonder why Jesus would ask this strange question, like, here's this man, he's kind of at the right spot, he's kind of did the right place, he's kind of doing the right things, he's looking for, like, it kind of seems like a, a strange question. Um, but but I, in some ways, I think when God asks questions, when Jesus, is, when Jesus asks questions in Scripture, he already kind of knew the answer to the question, didn't he? Like, God knows our heart. You know, I remember a few years ago, I did a sermon series called The Counselor, and I talked about the questions that Jesus asked. And I talked about how, um, in fact, even back in Isaiah, when it was speaking of Jesus, it said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government is on his uh, shoulders, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Like, it's interesting. So, so, so he, he asked the question because he kind of knew the response of the man. And, and, and his response is interesting because the man, no, like you think, do you want to be made well? You think that he would say, of course I want to be made well. But his response is interesting. He says, sir, uh, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. So his, his response is interesting. He, 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 it's kind of a mixture of hope. Like, I, I know that I can find healing in the water, but also there's hopelessness. So, like, 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 like I've been trying to get into the water, but whenever I try to go in, someone else goes down in front of me. You know, 
You know, you know, it's almost like he's saying, I, I know I have to get into the waters. I know that the angel and the, the angel, angel stirs the waters, and I have to go into the waters, and it's the waters that bring healing. But every time I go into the waters, someone else gets in front of me. Uh, I've been trying to do this for 38 years. Like, do you want to get well? Yes, 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 yes. Listen, I kind of already told you, it's, it's, it's not my fault. I'm trying to get healed. Uh, Thaddeus snuck in front of me yesterday, and Thomas stuck in front of me the day before. And before that, it was Truett, and before that, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was, like, people just keep on getting in, in front of me. And I, every time I try to, try to get healed, and every time I tried to find healing, there's just someone else who's in my way, who gets in my way, and so I just haven't been able to find any healing. I haven't been able to find any hope. Like, I know that there's some, I I think that there's some hope there. I think that there's some hope in the waters, but I just, it seems like every time I try to go, someone else gets in front of me and someone else gets in my way. And so now I've just been, I've been kind of living this way for, for 38 years. And I've just been kind of in this dysfunctional state for such a long time that, man, it's, I, this is just what I do. I've just been, this is what I do. I come here, and someone gets in front of me, and I go home. And I come here, and someone gets in front of me, and then I go home. Like, this is just my process. You know, I, I've been trying to do this for 38 years, and it, like, for 30, like, this is just, this is what I do. It's what I do. Come on, I, I, I come here, and Billy gets in front of me, and I go home. I come here, and Tommy gets in front of me, and I go home. I come here, and Matt gets in front of me, and I go home. I come here, and someone else gets in front of me, and I go home. Like, I, I'm pretty sure the healing's in the waters, the angel comes through. But, but this, is, this is just what I have become, and this is what I do. And my life has become, um, I've, I've kind of developed my life around this. I've developed my habits around this. I've kind of rearranged my schedule around this. Like, this is, this is my identity, When I read this passage of scripture, and when I see Jesus asking this man, do you want to be made well? I wonder if he would be asking us the same question today. Like, do you want to be made well? Like, do you want, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? Like some, hurt sometimes has been with us for so long that hurt becomes a part of us. You know what I'm talking about? It becomes a part of us. Like have you ever, you know, like maybe you, you were in a relationship with someone and that relationship got really toxic really quick, and uh, they said some terrible things to you, you said some terrible things to them, uh, you know, you threw something at them, they threw something at you, you broke up for a little bit, you got back together because they're so loving, you got back together with them, and uh, it just kind of, it started off good again, and then it got toxic again, and you broke up, and you got back together with them, you broke up, and you got back together, and finally you broke it off, because you're like, you know what? You know, he's a nice guy and he's handsome, but whatever. He's just, a, you know, he's actually a complete jerk. But what happened is that hurt that you had in that relationship, you ended up taking into the next relationship with you. You know what I'm talking about today? And that became almost like a badge of honor that you brought into the next relationship. And that hurt, hurt, 
that hurt began to hurt other people. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's like, a, it's like, like and sometimes I think that we, 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 we take that hurt with us on and on and on. And we, we, we like, like, do we really want to be made well? Or, or let me take this maybe something a little bit more personal. Let's say you got hurt at church. And let's say you had a pastor or you had someone at church say something very hurtful to you. Let's say they said things that they shouldn't have said. Let's say they did things that they shouldn't have done. And it even makes it worse because they're supposed to be your spiritual leader. And they left you high and dry and they said things that were hurtful. And, they, and, and, and you, 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 you ended up leaving, but you took that hurt with you wherever you went. It's almost like, it's almost like, it's almost like you, you have this little buddy with you that you take around with you. And, and you introduce your buddy to other people as you take that buddy into new relationships or as you take that buddy into a new church with you or whatever. Like, like I, I really wonder, like, like sometimes I think our hurts become, um, it's weird, I think our hurt really becomes this, this baggage that we carry around with us. And, and it becomes something that we adjust our lives to and it's something that we develop our habits around. It's something that we rearrange our schedule to. And eventually those hurts become our identity. And here Jesus, he's, he's talking to this man. And he says, do you want to be made well? Like maybe you've been carrying this around with you for so long. It's become a part of who you are. It's become a way that you interact with other people. It's become a way that you talk with other people. Do you want to be made well? Listen, every time I go, someone else is in front of me. If it wasn't for other people, man, I would be fine. You know, the truth is that when, when God moves in your life, when Jesus moves in your life, and when he brings healing, man, and, and, and let's say we, we have hurt and we take it and we bury it, we put it deep down in our souls, we put it deep down in our hearts and we cover it up. When God comes and he moves in our lives and if, if we just continue covering that up and not dealing with it, you know, um, did you know that's sin? Like, you, you, like when Jesus came and he, he forgave you, when Jesus came in and he he moved in your heart like he wants you to give it all to him. And I think that our, our, our sin brings a certain type of comfort, but also I would say that our, our sin also brings a certain type of spiritual blindness, you know? And, and, and for those of you this morning that maybe you've been dealing with hurt, maybe you've been dealing with baggage, maybe you've been hurting with, 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 with maybe other people have hurt you, I want to encourage you this morning that there is no exception to the power of God. And that he can come in and that he can change and that he can transform and that he can move in your life and that he can, man, he can bring the healing that you've been looking for. It says this in Psalms 146, verse 8. It says, the Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. It says this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. It says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Do you want 
to be made well. Do you want to be made well this morning? The worship team can come back up. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? I think the Lord is speaking to us this morning through um, just the power of his spirit this morning. And I think he's ministering to us this morning. I think he's speaking to us. I think he's... I think for some of us, we've allowed hurt to um, change us, and we've allowed hurt to identify us. We've allowed hurt to um, mold us and transform us, and we've been taking it with us for so long. And again, I think the Lord this morning is saying that, man, if you just give it to me, I can give you um, freedom, and I can give you life. I can give you hope. I can give you life beyond the hurt. I can give you hope beyond the hardship. I can give you grace beyond the difficulty, like whatever you're facing this morning. I think the Lord is telling you that um, you can find hope and you can find life and you can find joy in him. He sees you among the multitudes. He sees you among all the people that are hurting He sees you among all the people that are um, discouraged. He sees you among all the people that are facing trials and difficulties. He sees you among the multitudes. He sees that you've been going through this difficulty for a long time. He sees that you've been struggling with this difficulty for a long time. He sees that you have been, you've kind of been living in a season of, 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 of a little bit of hope, but you've also been living in a season of hopelessness. And I think the Lord wants to tell you this morning that there is hope in his name if you just simply give it up to him. Lay it down at the cross. Let him minister to you this morning. I think for some of us, our... our, our hopelessness is connected to other people. You know? It's because of the way other people treated us. It's because of the way that someone acted towards us. It might even have been someone in spiritual authority. And I, I guess I want to encourage you this morning that, that Jesus is standing in front of you today offering you healing from your brokenness. You know, in Scripture it says where two or three are gathered, he's here in our midst. And it says if you confess your sins to one another, you will be healed, which is kind of cool. And so I I guess I want to give you the opportunity um, this morning if you feel like you are in a season of hurt or maybe you feel like you're in a season of hopelessness. Like you feel like you have a little bit of hope, but you're in a season of hopelessness this morning. If if you kind of feel like you're in those seasons. I want to encourage you to come forward. I'd love to pray for you. I'd, I'd actually, if, if, the, if, uh, if I could have uh, my board come up as well. And don't let another day go by 
of waiting at the pool, waiting for a healing. If you want to come forward and if you'd like some prayer, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to encourage you. We'd love to um, have the Lord speak to you and minister to you this morning. We'd love for the, the Lord to speak to you in powerful ways, Father. God, I just pray that as we close this service that you'll be magnified and glorified, Father. God, I pray for those who are dealing with hurt, for those who have baggage, for those who have hardships or trials in front of them, Father. I just pray that um, they'll seek you and seek your face, Father. We know that they've come here for a reason. We know that they've come here for a divine reason. And um, God, I just pray that you'll minister with your spirit and minister in truth. We ask these things in your holy name.